All right, here we are back again for another episode of The Crave Show with J. Russ and Chris. And uh, yeah, man, I'm excited. Ready to do another one. Yeah, How's man. It's going well. Uh, it's been a it's been a really good couple weeks and looking forward to another podcast. Yeah, cool. And I just want to say, you know, for anybody who might be listening to these episodes, like we've said in the past, our hope is that we can provide opportunity to to give people some free coaching. And the way that we would like to do that is um, to have people on the show with us as audience members. You know, you can watch it live on YouTube, but you can also watch it live through the Riverside FM website and through the Riverside app on your phone. Um, And ideally what we'd like to do is have people upload videos to us before we record. So we have a chance to look over those videos, kind of screen them, go through some of them and pick the ones that we want to work with and then contact you beforehand before the show. So you know that, Hey, we're going to use your video on the show. We'll bring you in during the show, pull up the video on screen so we can all see it and then have a chance to give some feedback and some coaching and tips, instruction, um, just as a way, I mean, hopefully, you know, we just want to see people get better. We want to help. We want to share, um, knowledge and information and experience that, um, to help the whole community get better. I'm excited because kind of, Selfishly, I think it'd be fun for me. I'll get to learn a lot from from Jason because um, we'll probably lean on him more than more than me for that coaching. But I think it'd be really fun. So if you're watching this and want to do that, you can go to the Crave website, CraveReply.com. Click on the link at the top that says the show, and you'll see instructions on how to how to do that, how to upload a video. You can upload the video anytime you want. I'll get notified when anytime somebody uploads a video, I'll get notified about that. And uh, it has instruction. Just says make sure you include your name and uh, email address or contact something um, in the file name so I can contact you and, and we'll have you on the show, man. I think it'd be really cool. Hmm. So there cool. you go. That's the, that's the plug for that. Yeah. What are, what do you have on your mind these days? Whew. Well, um, you know, the, our current events includes a return to Chicago. Uh, I go back well, I, I'm traveling tomorrow from, I'm in Eloy right now, and then I travel to um, O'Hare, but then I get picked up and go to Midwest for the weekend for some coaching with the VFS team, uh, the, the local team at Scott at Midwest. And uh, then Sunday night, I'll be back at Scott of Chicago, and I think, I'd have a look at the calendar, but I, I think we start training Monday morning, um, which will be great. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to just being back in in Chicago. It's a uh, I think it's, it's, I don't know, part of me wishes that the, the place was open the whole season and that we could go there year round. But uh, then another part of me likes it that we get a break and go somewhere else and, and we're away for part of the winter and then have a triumphant return in the spring. Yeah. So when, like when you say training for you guys, what, what does that actually look like? I'm, I'm curious. What does that mean? Hmm. I'm not sure what level of specificity, but um, we have a 10 day camp and I think a 10 day camp. Normally they're about 10, 10 to 12 days and that's uh, 16 a day. And in this part of the season, what do you mean? 16, 16 jumps a day. Yeah. 16 jumps a day. Um, and so we do uh, either two sets of eight and a, and a, a break after eight or um, depending on what the team guys feel like they can do, we might do four in the break. Um, I would like to do eight, uh, but, um, 
at this part of the season, we've got Sam, who's been with us for a couple of years now, who's got his knowledge base is getting a lot, lot better. Um, and then Chip, who was on a previous VFS team, and so he's he's got a decent knowledge base, but just right now he's um, he's just drinking from a fire hose. And so we'll be doing uh, repeats, and that'll be we'll do two in a row. They, they, we won't repeat those. Um, we'll uh, look at it either on the ground or in the way up um, in the plane, and then we'll repeat those two and uh, try to fix anything that we didn't do correctly. Try and get a lot of information to Chip. And uh, we just basically have to start now because this is our first jumping camp with him. We have to start, uh, you know, working our way through all the exits and, and seeing where he's solid and where we need some work. So like, how do you decide what you're going to, what dive flows you're going to do or what, like, how do you know, how do you decide what you're going to do on each jump? Well, to start with, I mean, we just all need to get together so we'll start with some head down exits. Um, and then a lot of times we'll just pull a random draw. Uh, we have a dive generator on our website. And um, so we'll just pull a random draw. And then one of us, probably me or Steph, will uh, manipulate it to get to whatever exit we think we want. Um, but there's only, I think there's only four, four exits, really. Uh, there's an all head down. There's a single head up flyer. There is a double head up flyer where they're cross partnered and a double head up where they're peace partnered. And so that those four exits basically get you through everything that you need. There, I mean, there's a couple of variations on that idea. Um, but, uh, and then within those things, um, there are some of the peace partner head up exits are considerably easier than others. So we'll start with the easy stuff and see how those go. And so when y'all are training, are y'all getting on the plane? I mean, are there a bunch of other fun jumpers on the plane as well? And you guys are just kind of there doing your thing or how's that work? Uh, yeah. I mean, like any drop zone during the week, it's, it's slower. Uh, there's another, there's a belly team, STC rhythm that, uh, also trains. I, I think we're overlapping a little bit on this first camp, um, and so the, you know, there's rules for the drop zone about only one team counts towards the total number of people to send the plane. And if there's space, then the second team can go. And, um, we need to, uh, I mean, like any drop zone, Rook doesn't want to send load after load after load of not revenue, non-revenue slots. So we try to strike a balance with the drop zone on, um, on the, that issue. But normally when we train, people can count on the plane going. And so it they'll publish that one or more of the teams are training because then people will show up knowing that, okay, now if I go to the drop zone, for sure the plane's going. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's good. Um, is there any part of y'all's training that is like, I don't know how else to have to, like secret or proprietary? I mean, like are there things that you guys do that, you think really give you y'all an edge that you wouldn't want to share with others about the way that you train and the way that you improve and get better and work work on being a team. You know, does that make sense? What I'm asking. Oh, 100%. Uh, yeah, and I think that on a on philosophical grounds, my answer for that is absolutely not. Um, and <clears throat> there have been people I've spoken to in the past. I, I think it's a little bit different. Like, um, 
as for instance, Jason Brigman, who uh, he's an exceptional flyer. Uh, he works out at the Paraclete Tunnel in, uh, in North Carolina. He and his teammate, they were Jason was the performer for um, the artistic, the solo artistic, like one one flyer and one camera flyer, and they they do a routine together. And and he was getting coaching from uh, a French world champion, and. Uh, asked for advice on improving the exit that he came up with that was that was proprietary and the french champion went ahead and just took that exit and at the world meet jason lost by 0.1 and that exit was quite good um and so with that in mind then the judges don't know whose exit is whose and uh jason ended up losing on something in a, in a year that he probably would have been the world champion. Um, so in some situations, maybe maybe people would feel like that. And I know Jay's not going to be too excited about sharing those kind of things anymore. Um, but for us, uh, I'd, I don't like to keep things secret. If we find out a way to do something that I think is better, normally um, there's a lot of people that uh, joined a Facebook group that I made um, about VFS and I'll just publish stuff when we figure it out. Um, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to sneaky my way to the victory. If, um, if someone beats us, they're better. Um, mm. Not, not. I kept a secret and somehow managed to win. Yeah. So what? Why do you? What got you to that point? Why do you? You know, because you said philosophically, no. How did you end up with that attitude or mindset? Somewhere along why? the line, and I mean, this is sort of jumping into my psyche but somewhere along the line um fairness became one of the the paramount issues in my life and and i'd i don't want to treat people in a way that i could conceivably feel is unfair later and um uh, you'd have to ask my parents i guess or the billions of experiences that i've had that i can't even quantify but but uh man i don't want to do something that's unfair yeah um, like I, I know there have been teams in the past that have, you know, gone and flown in the wind tunnel prior to the competition and then flown back to the competition and flown the rounds or, you know, years ago, there was a, a camera flyer that took like, you know, when it was 32 frames a second, he was dropping three or four frames out of each second so that by the end of the jump, you know, you've, you've made up a, a second, which in the FS world is enough for a couple of points and that kind of stuff just... Um, actually cheating actually cheating yeah and uh that's that that's going above and beyond being unfair but um i mean it's just sort of a sliding scale once you start being unfair to people what you're willing to do yeah and then i mean when you go home and go to bed as the champion aren't you thinking i'm not really the champion i'm not really the champion and then what what's the point yeah i mean yeah what is the point i don't know my, my, and I, my thought is also, you know, if you, if you're willing to share all the stuff that you learn and how you got as good as you are and why your exits are awesome, you share that with everyone and then you still win. Wow. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. But VFS is so small and, and it's, I've done most competitive things in skydiving and VFS is by far the hardest, um, in my opinion. Uh, and it's such a small disciplined in my again in my opinion because it's so small it's because it's so difficult that keeps it small and so i don't want 
people who are interested in this discipline that I love to go through, you know, three training days trying to figure out an exit that if I just gave them a couple of tidbits, okay, cool. You've got that exit and, and you feel good about what you're doing and you're flying and, and, you know, you stick with VFS instead of like, you know, there was a team uh, a couple of years ago, maybe more than a couple, eight years ago that trained all year long and, and they got ones and zeros at nationals. It, VFS is really hard. And if I could have, Explain, well, what does that mean? They got ones and zeros. What does that mean? I mean, I think I know, but I want to make sure, that, I, I want to make sure that I know that everyone else knows. Yeah. I mean, when it came to the competition time, they were, they were doing full skydives and getting zero points. And I, you know, the, 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 they were jokingly labeled the binary team because they were ones and zeros all the way through 10 rounds, which, but I mean, I know all those guys and they're really good flyers and VFS is tough. It's really hard. Uh, so that means they were not able to complete. If they got a zero, they weren't able to complete not one single, not one point or whatever. Yeah. And I mean, you know, some of those guys had flyers. It's because it's hard. It's because it's hard. Some of those guys have thousands of free fly jumps and, and it's just hard. Uh, and I don't, I don't think that before people really try it, that they, they think, oh, I'm a, I'm a good free flyer. And that, man, that is exactly what I thought. I'm a good free flyer and I can do this. And then when we tried our first day of, of VFS as an actual team, uh, I think it was four jumps where our head down four way exploded and we barely got back together. And that was, it was a lot of talent on that team. So it's, it's a hard discipline. Do you remember the conversation when y'all landed? after that uh, just good. laughing you know it was um and at at that point i think there were t- there's my teammate timmy and i we both had five or six thousand jumps and then our uh steph my wife and our other teammate rob they both had five six hundred but everybody's a tunnel instructor <laughs> uh our camera flyer was a tunnel instructor and we we couldn't launch a four-way head down it was it was pretty funny i mean you know frustrating but funny yeah yeah, yeah. Um, our head, our head up, we've talked about this before, but our head up exits are, uh, for the head up flyers. No. Uh, but getting a four way mixed formation into the relative wind, uh, that's difficult for the head down flyers generally. Like it, I know that sounds a little counterintuitive, but. This, the sit flyers normally are almost in a good sit position before they leave the plane. So you just got to move your body a little bit and your, your feet are in the wind. But for the head down flyers, to they're basically, you're setting up the exit around the head up flyers. So the head down flyers or the people who should be head down, they're, they're also in a head up orientation. And so in a really short period of time, they've got to get heads into the relative wind back away from the head up flyers uh, it, and like, basically if they're standing up, which they are, they have to cartwheel over 180, pull their head back super hard. Um, and, and that needs to happen. Like by the time the sit flyers clear the door. So, uh, head up exits, like if you're going to launch a six way round head up, okay. Yes. That's somewhat challenging. Um, but just VFS head up is uh, mostly difficult for the head down guys. Okay. What about for not a team, but just regular fun jumpers, flyers, like at the drop zone, going to do a head up exit, like two way, three way, four way head up exit. 
hard. Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of times the the difficulty you're talking about there is that people don't pe- people skip over the idea of even though they're aware that they're that they're on the hill, they're they're trying to sit fly relative to the earth when they leave the plane, and so that's not going to work. That's like if you think about, you know. I mean, what comes to mind is the video that, that, you know, you and I have been working on, but, um, uh, that people will step out with their back to the relative wind and then they're, they're back flying. And, and then when they try to put their feet a little bit further back, they get blown back on their back. Um, so they're just not presented a lot of times the right way as they leave. But so a, a solo sit flyer, I think that's, very straightforward. A two-way can also be pretty straightforward. Three and four, okay, now everybody has to present correctly at the same time. Do we have grips? One person doesn't present correctly with the grips, and that'll implode the rest of them. So um, it, it starts to get harder. There there used to be a sit line in VFS that was a random D, and we took it out, um, but it was one of the most challenging exits for VFS, not that we couldn't leave four people sitting together because we basically took out a four-way round and then dropped a grip and like showed that to the camera. Um, and that was okay, but then getting to the next point was was pretty rough. For And then that was for most teams with really good flyers, um, just a little messy. So can you give some tips? Like I'm, I'm at the drop zone, maybe I'm organizing or I'm just jumping with whoever just friends just having fun and somebody says, Hey, let's do a head up exit. Well, what are the tips that you, let's say you're going to go with us. It's you and me and two other people. And, and I say, Jason, can you help us? Let's do a head up exit four way head up exit. How are you going to coach us through that to get us ready to leave the plane? And you're going to go with us. You're going to be part of it. So probably, um, I would line up two inside the door and two outside the door. And just remind everybody that the nose of the aircraft is flying into the relative wind. So if we're going to sit fly, we need to get up with our feet. You know, our long axis, say our spine, needs to roughly align with the long axis of the plane right after we leave. So the most challenging spot there is front of the door outside. Okay, this is that was my next question. What if, because I want to know. Yeah, that's what I want to know. Where are we going to put the strongest flyer? Where are we going to put the weakest flyer? Where are we going to, how's that going to work? Okay, so, so say if, that sentence again. Yeah, the two outside slots are slightly harder than the two inside slots. Um, the front of the door is the most challenging. The back of the door, okay. they can kind of like right hand on the bar, right foot on the floor of the plane and lean back. And so they're, they're, they can get in a sit position and just like, uh, if you consider an axis of rotation through your hips, they're going to go from, sort of standing in the back of the door, what this foot is on the, the bottom of the plane, and they kind of lean back and put their feet into the wind as they go out. Okay. The two people that are inside the plane, they're, they're, their upper body, because you're crunched over being inside the otter that's not that tall or whatever your exit plane is, I guess. Um, but a caravan is very similar. You're hunched over, your feet are in a sit fly position relative to the earth because the way the plane is flying. So really you just need to keep your, your torso hunched over the way it is step out of the plane and then bring your feet back to like, uh, if now, if I'm, this is the edge of the door and I'm standing here, I'm hunched over in my upper body. When I get out, I need to bring my feet this way to go into the, like show my, the bottoms of my feet to the nose of the airplane kind of, um, 
and the guy that's in the front of the door, the somewhat acrobatic spot, he's got to try to basically get over in a like showing your right side to the earth. And then from standing on the edge of the door outside, get your feet up pretty, pretty quickly um, to, to ride that out. He comes out on his side a little bit. Yeah. So like if, if it, if it was me, I'd hold onto the bar with my left, take the, the guy in the rear with my right, assuming we're bringing out around and then bring my left foot up as much as I could to put it into the wind before I even start. And then I'm standing just on my right. And then I match my right as soon as I let go. You're already going to have that foot up in the air, like resting on this, on the, on the threshold. I mean, the, the door or on the outside of the plane, maybe up on the outside of the plane, maybe just lift it up. Just depends on what the grips are and what kind of pressure I'm feeling in that moment. But, um, trying to get as close as I can to, to sitting before we leave, but then you got to push out a little bit too, which is again, there's a challenge to that front slot because the two inside people have to have space to clear. So if we were if we were going to do that jump, we would put you in that outside front spot. Well, I mean, sure. No, I mean, uh, no, but the strongest flyer there. I mean, clearly, if you're jumping with me and some of my friends are driving, you're clearly going to be the strongest flyer. So well, I'm just saying. Yeah, not, maybe we do that on the first one, but then somebody else can take the hero slot on the next one. Yeah, see the hero slot. There you go. Yeah. I'm, don't not for not for bragging rights or lack of humility. I'm just saying the reality is. That's the hardest spot. That's where we would start. And if if, okay. if we pulled that off or if it was close and we wanted to go repeat it, um, yeah, then pr- probably th- for, that's, in my opinion, the more challenging slot. And then and then the, in, the two inside slots usually are going to be a little bit easier to pull off. Yeah. In my opinion, the inside slots are fairly straightforward. Not, not that hard. The inside, there's kind of one in the front, one in the back, right? Or either of those yeah. pretty much the same. Uh, the only thing that happens there is that um, the person that's in the back, so so they're standing kind of next to each other, and this person's in the tail, and this person's in the front, and this person needs to clear outside of the plane just a little bit more, but they, they basically step out hip to hip and then just roll their feet into the wind the way we talked about. But, yeah, that slot is not too bad. And the person that's outside rear, what are they thinking about? What are they doing? What is their method or whatever? Just leaning back for the most part. Okay. Yeah. Strong feet into the wind, kind of. Yeah. I mean, you just... I mean, again, you can you can lean back pretty far, holding onto that bar, and then you just sort of bring your feet up, and it's it's it feels like you're back flying because your back is pointed towards the earth or mostly towards the earth, um, but uh, you're sitting into the relative wind. Yeah. Okay. Is it too complicated for you to for you to describe the grips? in that scenario or would it be something uh, to see? So the, the front outside person, the slot that we said I would have, um, I would be holding the bar with my left, the back. Yeah. The back outside person would hold the bar with their right. And then we would connect right to left outside the plane. That makes sense. So you've got just hand to hand. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can take, um, you can take like yokes or you, a, a flower is going to be harder in my opinion, but um, around like if we could step back just to a few minutes ago where I said some of the head up exits are easier than other head up exits. Um, random H is the place where we start a peace partner sit fly orientation. And that is a single grip between the sit flyers. And then each sit flyer is holding onto a head down flyer and the head down flyers are not connected. 
So there's a ton of flexibility in those grips. So if people, if we don't leave at the same time or we're slightly off, somebody doesn't present right in a sit, I, you know, I can comfortably be in a wide variety of arm positions and still sit fly and we might still score the point. Um, even if everything's not perfect, but then if you move into like the next, maybe most difficult thing is the M where it's a mixed round with sit flyers piece partnered. And so now we've got a, a, an added level of, of inflexibility in those grips because the sit flyers are now connected. And then if we step even further forward, the F uh, is a double joker. I think it is the sit flyers are now connected in a, uh, uh, the guy in the front of the door is right, and then I'm in the back left. And then the head down flyers are on this bar that the sit flyers create with this hand grip. There is no flexibility. If we don't leave at the same time, we don't have good presentation. Somebody's leaving, and there's not that much we can do about it. Um, so in the sense of the four-way that you're talking about, local DZ, we're going to try this out. The hand grips allow you, again, that same level of flexibility. Um, but But if if i'm in the front of the door i can actually add some stability to people on either side of me so like if i'm going to do that four way and steph's around and we've got two people well steph's going to be my cross partner um wherever i'm at and then the two of us can actually fly people a little bit out the door and help them stay stable okay so go back to where the grips are you're in the front you're holding the bar with your my left, I'm in the front of the door outside. Yeah. Outside rear is on the bar with their right. And then he and I can connect right to left on the outside. The inside okay. flyers connect and then they take the, underneath the bar, they'll grab me and underneath the bar, they'll grab him. And okay. we've got our round. Okay. And how have you found like, so again, you're, you're coaching it. We're, we're doing that. We're going to do that exit together. The four of us, what, when, when you're telling us about how we're going to take those grips, what are you telling us? How, what are we thinking about? Like, mm. hold on to dear life, grip lightly. What do we, what do we need <laughs> no, to be thinking about? Uh, you're holding on with some, I mean, you don't want to pull somebody's arm out of their socket, but um, you, you can't have a light grip in those scenarios. Even, you know, if, if I did that four way exit from an otter with pretty good flyers, I would still want strong grips because, uh, say even my team, I'm going to, but we haven't jumped a chip and we've only been jumping with Sam for a couple of years. Um, if we take out a four way sit, we're going to have really strong grips because the timing might not be correct and not, maybe not the right presentation, but a, a firm grip can help. And the, I jokingly say to teams that I'm coaching, um, bruises are going to heal and points don't come back. <laughs> okay. That's good to know. I mean, because I, I think I would, I would tend to tell people like, Hey, you know, light grips to, cause I, in my mind, I think, Oh, that allows you to relax and give more flexibility in that, in those grips. But that also means maybe, maybe you're not holding on. Maybe you're not really thinking about flying. Maybe, I don't know. It's good for me to hear that because obviously you know what you're talking about. Maybe. No, you <laughs> <laughs> I mean, somebody out there disagrees with me. I'll tell you that right now. Well, <laughs> That's okay. They can disagree. Yeah. Now that's cool because that's some that those are I mean that that is a pretty common request, I guess. Like, hey, let's oh, yeah. try, you know, there's and that's a fun I think it's a fun exit, but I, I think it's difficult. And and um 
I want to know, I like, I like to learn. I like to hear from, from others. And that's the whole point of Crave is like, how do we learn from the, the, the best, most knowledgeable base of knowledge, the most experience so we can share that with everybody and all of us can get better. Let's all get better. Um, yeah. So I'm going to be out at, at a boogie this weekend, organizing all weekend. So oh, I can nice. guarantee you we're going to do that. What, what's the, what's your boogie? Is that Spaceland San Marcos? It's, it used to be called the come and take it boogie, uh-huh. but now that this year it's the come and tiki it boogie. So okay. it's tiki Is, uh, are Thomas Hughes and Whitney still down there? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Right. You'll have to tell him I said, hi, Thomas's name came up today actually. Uh, really? yeah, the, the course I'm working, the course director, uh, said something about Thomas and we talked about him for a little while. He, I, I recalled that I think Thomas's first day doing, he did a tandem and broke his ankle. Like the first day he was there, something like that. That's San Marcos. Yeah. A few years ago. I'll have to ask him about it. I've yeah. not heard that. Tell him you got it from Jay Russ. See what he asked. Yeah. Very good. He was very actually, good. so he was a, a very good belly flyer when I had a few hundred jumps. Uh, he was on a team called Sebastian Excel, um, which was a, a British team that was based in Sebastian, Florida. And uh, my team, my belly team from Colorado went down and got coaching from him. That's where I met him. He had just, I don't know how he was young, been working in the Orlando tunnel as an instructor and, and got a chance to be on that team before airspeed. Well, yeah. I mean, he, he's, he's a very good flyer. He's yeah. He's very, and I honestly didn't realize how good of a flyer he is until like a year and a half ago or so. It was at a different, I can't remember if it was a boogie or just one weekend or something. Um, and a bunch of people went on a jump. I didn't, I didn't, wasn't able to go on this particular jump, but they came down and were watching the video. And um, I was watching, I was like, I saw the video. I was like, dang, who is that? That person's awesome. Cause I can't remember what exactly they were doing. Like they, it was an angle type jump, movement jump. And they came in and basically kind of like docked their feet on another flyer above, like above, you know, and we're flying together in basically an angle orientation. I was like, whoa, that is sick. Who is that? And like, that's Thomas, man. I was like, what? And he doesn't jump that often as far as, as far as I've seen. So just out of the blue, he goes up there and gets in the sky and just totally rips. Yeah, I mean, most people know him as a belly flyer, but he's a very talented free flyer as well. Um, he's a good canopy pilot, just all around great, great flyer. Uh, he actually, when he tried out, the story that I heard, you can ask him about this too, and maybe I've got it correct, but the story that I heard about his tryout for Sebastian Excel to fill that slot, he, I think he was like the, the inside center of the point is where they had him try out. And so the first exit ready, set, go. And he, he flubs it and kind of flops over the whole formation onto his back. And, uh, there's a guy on the team, John, uh, John just starts shaking his head in the video. Like, Oh, this is not our guy. And Thomas, you know, back lays out it back into his slot and starts turning points and see John be like, Oh, all right, maybe this is our guy. Uh, that's uh, that's I mean that's anecdotal. You'll have to check on those facts. Okay, so I got to ask him about his broken ankle and flubbing his trap jump. I'm pretty sure about that broken ankle though. <laughs> okay, well I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, cool, man. What else you got on your mind? 
Well, this is it's going to be an absolutely jam-packed summer. I'm really excited about that. We've got just uh, a ton of stuff going on at Chicago, events and training. There's a World Cup in Voss in Norway this year, which I'm super excited about. I've never been there. And um, we've got a new teammate, and these are our first days jumping with him. And I'm, uh, I mean, that's a tremendous amount of work, but I'm also excited uh, about getting him up to speed. And he's a really good flyer, so I know it'll go fast, but it's it's a lot. So. Are there any um, records, vertical records coming up that you're going to be a part of? Yeah, so Steph and I are going to do I don't know exactly what our title is, but like a regional captainship for the head up record. So we'll be doing some skills camps. Uh, we'll be helping select people for slots. And then usually, I, I don't know if it's, it's Amy and Sarah's event, Amy uh, Shimalecki and Sarah Curtis. And it um, they are the main organizers. And then uh, Steph and I are among the people that help out. So, in the past, the way that it's worked is that I'll jump with the base or the bench. Um, so everybody that comes out a 20 way or maybe, maybe a two plane shot and I'll jump with them and then do a back to back to, uh, to the record or the record attempts. And, uh, I really enjoy that as well. That part of it of, of, um, jumping with the bench and trying to keep those guys motivated and, and excited about the possibility of, of being on the record. Um, it's a, a little bit of stress, but it's nice to nice to kind of. So double, what will that be a record for? That'll be like a a state record or a national record, world world record. What do you? No, that yeah, that's gonna, definitely a world record. Uh, there, I think it's eighty two right now or eighty four. Steph and I were part of the last one, and they're going to shoot for a hundred on this one. Um, and they, one of the one thing that's exciting about that too is that um, you're familiar with Andy Malchiotti. I didn't say it again, who? Andy Malchiotti. I don't think so. Okay. Well, he he um, he does a group in California called Echelon Free Fly. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a private group, which private sounds kind of dicky, but um, it's it's pretty. They're doing some pretty cool stuff, and and basically, it's just a it's a group of about forty people. They're doing 40 ways, so it's probably more like 50 people or 60 people that are part of the group, and then at any one time, 40 or so will go. And they're doing these really complicated jumps, multi-level stuff, couple sequential points maybe. But uh, the reason I'm bringing it up is because I I just spoke to him a few days ago, and and he had had some – had a really successful weekend with this group, but then also came up with some gems for the the head-up record, he said. So some stuff to pass on as far as like – how the build was happening. And then um, I think he said he had like some different ideas about how we could build the formation because it has gotten a little bit stale with our creativity on the formation of like the 200 way head down or, or the, the head up. We just, you know, a 10 way base and pods and bridge lines. And, and he, he just had some exciting things to say about possibilities for stuff that he had done. So that, that's that cool. seems pretty that's cool, cool as well. I think, uh, when you said the multi-level stuff that rang a bell, I think I've seen some some photos and videos, maybe on social media or somewhere. Yeah, of some of that. You'd, you'd remember. I mean, it, it's the kind of group where every single person does their job at the same time in a forty way, which is 
That's pretty cool. Uh, I mean, stuff online. Would I have seen it? Yeah. They, I like, um, a friend that I'm working with this week in Arizona, Andy Locke was part of that group. And, um, he's a, a super, super good free flyer. And, um, he showed me a little bit of video and then I think it got published, um, shortly after that. So yeah, you very good chance you would have seen it. Okay. Yeah. I think I have, I didn't recognize the name, but I think I've seen some of stuff. Andy, um, Andy's a world champion from like, 2010 in i think somewhere around there uh with um uh travis finagi who's kind of moved on to hollywood so you probably wouldn't recognize his name um and then oh, i'm really sorry to their camera flyer because i can't remember who their camera flyer was um but uh he the so he they were on a free fly team uh god i really should remember this I'll tr I'll try and come up with it. I'm sorry to Andy and Travis, um, but uh, they they were at super high level for a long time, like I don't know six or seven or eight time national champion and one time world champion. Um, yeah, super good. He's yeah, but he's cool. not doing competitive stuff on the world level anymore. He mostly does organizing California. He'll he did like the hundred way head down rec California record and does a lot of good stuff. Well, the reason I was asking about records is I think it would be so interesting to to document one of those. And maybe maybe people have in the past and I just haven't seen them. I don't know. But but a documentary style rec record of a record, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, just because I, I'm just thinking for myself. And so I, I assume if I'm interested in it, other people are. Maybe that's not a good way to look at it. But, you know, like I'm imagining a documentary style video of from conception or planning through recruiting uh tryouts putting the team all of it you know the whole thing to the attempts and success i think that would be such a fun i'm gonna say movie it's not a movie but movie to watch yeah for for skydivers for me i would if it was put together well i think it'd be really enjoyable just to see how that whole thing comes together and happens and the the hard work the effort the planning the strategy everything every aspect of it i think would be really fun so i'm going to plant that seed in your head too maybe you've thought of it or maybe people have done it in the past but i'd love to do it again who knows maybe there's an opportunity for that in the future at some point i'm just throwing it out there you chew on it oh i'm i'm totally in agreement with you 100 percent that 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 would be really cool. It has been done before. There was a, a Brazilian camera crew that came to one of our records uh, to kind of follow around some Brazilians. That, uh, Red Bull did a little production one year uh, with, uh, I think that was maybe 2015 was Red Bull because uh, Rook, the owns Scott of Chicago, his former teammate, Mike Swanson, is a Red Bull athlete and Mike kind of they wanted to come do exactly what you're saying. And it was a really cool movie. Um, and a, a lot of people, I think that it, it, it would be good for people to see the sort of behind the scenes stuff that goes on. Um, as long as there's a, a reasonable amount of editing, <laughs> the behind the scenes stuff, but, uh, uh, cause we, we talk honestly about, about people's flying and, and that's actually one of the difficulties for some people when they first come to a record is that, if you're just a good guy at your drop zone and then you come to 
one of the camps and and i i uh i'm i feel like i'm fair with people but i i don't waste time what i think is everybody's time oh you did really good look at this is great you did this so good i might tell people good job but i'm probably going to focus on the things that we need to improve and so if, if people come to their first camp and suddenly J Russ is like, man, you did this and you did this and you did this and all this stuff needs work. You need to go back home and figure this shit out before you come and try a camp again. That, that if they're not used to that kind of um, public constructive criticism, it can be difficult to take. Yeah. That's understandable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, both sides, it's understandable that you kind of need to be that way to respect everybody else and, it's understandable that it's difficult to receive the first time probably. Yeah. I, I try and balance it out, but when we're, you know, doing 80 ways on a hour on the ground and everybody's got to pack and I got to reassign slots and we got to debrief and we got to walk that there's not a ton of extra time to hold everybody's hand. And, um, yeah. Uh, so sometimes that can be tough, but yeah. Not a lot of time to fluff up everybody's skirt. No. <laughs> Which yeah, isn't really, that's not really my style anyway, but I, I try so hard. That's probably, that's probably, that would be, that would be me. I'd show up and be all excited. And then we'd come down and you'd, you'd pull me to the side, Chris. Come on, man. What are you doing? You're sucking it up. Get out of here. No, that's the thing. I'm not pulling you aside. I'm saying it in front of 80 other people. Oh, that's even worse. I mean, I, I could, now that you said that, I'll pull you aside. No, no, no. That's just in front of everybody. Just be rating me. Like, come on, you suck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, that's the head up record that we were kind of chatting about. Um, and that's slated for 24. Uh, Where will that be? That'll be at Sky of Arizona. Uh, 99%. Um, sometimes, I don't know what happens with the drop zone, but sometimes the drop zone there can be kind of difficult to, for the girls to deal with. And so they've had a couple of events at Sky of Chicago. Um, but uh, I think I think they're on a pretty good page with them right now. When when it comes to records, those types of jumps, what do you enjoy most about? Well, the I mean the the biggest thing I actually thought about posting this after the competition that we had in Slovakia a few weeks ago because I I really enjoy the competition, uh, the challenge of all of it, and but then after the competition, there you know there was a team from Poland. Did I tell you guys this? I don't know if we talked. Did we talk about Slovakia? You told us a little bit about the the team, the team from Poland. I'm not sure what you're about to say. Well, but go there, ahead. So there were there was a uh, a set of brothers that were on the Polish team, and two brothers. Yeah, two years ago or last year there was just one, and the dad was on the team. And this year the dad is kind of coaching, and there's two brothers. And that so the younger one I think is 17, and the older one's like 20 or 21. Really talented flyers, and um, I got to be kind of buddies with the the older one when we were in Belgium a couple of years ago, and then just met the the younger one now. And I imagine that to them, I'm this kind of dinosaur looking dude who's still pretty good at flying and they're coming up and how is this old guy beating us? You know, why are we, why are we losing? And it was a close meet. Like I think we beat the Italians, the Italians were second place. I think we beat them by four and then Polish was a little bit behind, but it's just super talented kids. I mean, the whole team's talented, but the kids strike me for some reason. And so then after it's over, the Italian guys, they're just a great set of guys. They came over and made us dinner uh, last year at the house I'm staying at right now. Just super, super nice guys. And so the camaraderie after the event 
is really nice. And, and, and I know that's easy for me to say, cause I just won, but, um, but I, I, you know, I exchanged jerseys with the kids and I, I got one of their jerseys and we took a little Polaroid together and like, those are cool moments. And, and so at the end of the record, it's, it's like that. It, I mean, it's, it's a little bit lessened when we don't actually get the record, but just that there's these tons of people that I've seen a lot of them in, in kind of adversarial roles in the past at some competition and it's not adversarial now we're working towards the same goal and i'm i'm really excited to see those people and especially considering man sometimes from year to year uh we don't see somebody at the next event for whatever reason they quit skydiving or they're not with us anymore and so i try and take it uh i try and enjoy those moments when we have them yeah yeah what are the hardest parts the hardest part for me is that for a few records now, I've been the person that cuts and I don't, I don't enjoy doing it. And I know there's, you know, a lot of people joke around about it. And I, I, in record situations, I wear a very bright green suit, which is kind of a signature thing that started maybe in 2013 or 12. And my whole team, or maybe 15, anyway, it's not important, but our whole team wore colors. Uh, Dusty had red, Steph had blue. I think at that time, Ryan Risberg was still on our team. He had a white suit. Jake Jensen, our camera flyer, had orange. And I had bright green. Uh, blue is actually my favorite color, I, but Steph said blue, so I had to do something else. Uh, so on the ver very first day, we had a really strongly backlit jump, just a head-down record. And I, I don't know, are you familiar with Mickey Nuttle? You know who that is when I say Mickey? I, I know the name, but he's I'll... a super good VFS flyer, just all around great flyer, but it's kind of stepped back from skydiving. He works in iFly now, um, pretty high up. One of the, I don't know, pretty high up, but anyway, he was on this jump and it's backlit. There's clouds in Chicago. That's pretty common. And he came to me on the ground and said, man, J Russ, when we got out of the planes, I I'm, I'm floating up. I can't see anything. Everything is black except you. I could see you. And because of, where you were, I knew, I, I knew where to go to find my spot. So the green suit became kind of a signature thing, but the joke is that the green suit is chasing you around with an ax because I'm going to cut people. And I, so there's, I mean, I, I don't know what percentage of people on a 200 way are not friends of mine, but it's pretty small that like some of these people, maybe I don't know, but most of them I know and I know them pretty well. Uh, and so going around cutting your friends is a shit job. Yeah. Somebody's got to do yeah. it. Yeah. Um, do most people receive it well? I mean, no, honestly. Um, no, I, what, when you said that, what came to mind is um, Trent Alkek, who was on a, you probably know Trent because he's involved in Spaceland. Um, I think he, he supplies the aircraft or he runs the aircraft side or something like that. Uh, but Trent used to be on a team called Spaceland Anomaly, super good free flyer. Um, and he he messed up on a jump and I was just walking towards him. And uh, he looked at me, he's like, j -Russ, you don't even have to talk to me. I know I messed up. Let me know if I can get back in. I was like, oh. <laughs> but it never happens like that. That's the most mature response I've ever had ever. Most of the time it's a, a million excuses and... It wasn't me. You got the wrong person. 
uh, let me show you my video. Uh, you know, just yeah. they don't take it that well. I mean, nobody likes to hear that they are getting sat down from this thing that they worked really hard to get to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So he, he was the, the shining example. Shining example. I mean, they're not everybody's terrible and I don't want everybody out there who might hear this to think, Oh, you, you know, bagging on me, but most people yeah. not so good. What's the feeling when you when you get the record and everybody comes down? That feeling, I bet's pretty great. I, I not, without being too flowery, I don't know how this will sound, but you feel it in the jump, like you. Everything it's it's finally quiet, and and you you know pretty pretty confidently like that was the one, we got that, mm-hmm. and there's people around kind of nodding their head like we don't see anybody out. Nobody's exploded. I'm seeing my group. Everybody's on, um, and it's 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 energetic. And in the landing area, it's uh, it's a lot of excitement and uh, a lot of hugs. If it, it feels great, uh, just knowing that that even you know from one head down record or one head up record, it's three years in the making from the last one to the next one. But for me, that's you know, 21,000 skydives in the making and that's 21 years in sport. And, uh, it, yeah, it was three years since the last attempt, but that's, that's the story for most people as, as far as like, it's not just the three years that we've been working on this. It's the 10 years you've been dedicating to the sport before that. And so it's, it's pretty cool to be able to, to see that goal through. Uh, okay, one one more thing before we before we kind of wrap up. <clears throat> is it is it safe for just regular old fun jumpers, people at their own drop zone, to try to organize and put together eight way, ten way, fifteen way, twenty way, twenty five way head down or maybe not twenty five. That's I'm, one plane load is probably more realistic, like a plane load, so sixteen, eighteen. Is that, is that a good idea, a bad idea to say, don't do it yet, just carefully, or what, what's, your, what's your thought on that? I think if, you, if you've been to a tryout camp or a record camp, uh, it, probably even a skills camp where somebody qualified was teaching that weekend or that couple days or whatever it was, maybe maybe after your second one, like if you went to the first one, I'd say probably don't go home and try that just because there's so much information. I mean, it's it's a lot of basics and fundamentals, but you you have to be setting up break off the right way. You've got to be looking at people's break offs. You got to be telling them the right things because um, the approaches and like any skydive, the approach and the break off are the most dangerous parts. And they're the parts that are going to need the most attention as, as far as um, telling people the right things. And so if I'd say if maybe if you've been to two, you probably retained enough that you can go do a smaller group at home and be relatively safe. Um, but, you know, when you say smaller group, what are you thinking? What does that mean to you? I, I wouldn't eight or ten way, probably not the whole plane. Um, I mean, know, there's most, most drop zones, it's going to be hard to find eight, 10, 12, 16 people that are strong enough flyers to even consider doing that, you know? Yeah, I, th- I think some, I mean, I'm thinking 
most of the drop zones that I've jumped at on a consistent basis, the few that I've been at consistently, it's like, okay, I'd have a hard time finding a plain load of people that I think could even attempt it. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah. But I, I, I guess I don't see any problem with um, doing four ways and six ways and, and have, you know, set the break off a little bit higher. Everybody gets out of there safely. And, and if you been to a couple camps and you think that you can do it, um, starting with a small group is a great way to at least find out to, to know what you don't know. Um, as a, as a, an example, uh, there's a woman in California, Jasmine, um, and she's been coming to records the last couple 200 ways she was she was what was called a dreamer on the 2015 i think where like a bunch of people submitted videos and said i'd really like to come and and rook uh set up like a little video stories of all these people there were probably eight or ten of them like the, their backstory and how they got into this and and what their preparation is and a camera crew was like filming just their process as they as they moved through this and um, Jazzy was one of the people that was ended up being selected. She's a very good flyer, and then she did the 2008. What year is it now? So it's, it's a lot. we didn't get it in 21 or 22. Anyway, she's done the last two or three big way attempts, and then California records. Um, her boyfriend or husband, Bo, is is also a tremendously good flyer, and, and they do a lot of events together. So this last year, or maybe part of this year, Jasmine has started doing her own events. And the first one that I saw um, was, I think, a women's California state record. And I think they – I don't want to I don't want to misquote. I, I think it was a single plane. Um, but they got it, 18-way maybe. Um and I remember thinking when I saw Jasmine's name as one of the organizers, like, oh, oh, that's cool. Like she's she's probably seen enough that she's okay doing that. Um, but that's two, two, two or three, two hundred ways, or very large multi-plane formations, as well as the California records, which are five or six planes. Um, so that's that's a reasonable amount of experience. Some, sometimes I see people and I'm like, oh. And I, I don't know if you should be doing this, but I mean, that's kind of the sport, you know, younger people want to pick up where we leave off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, this has been fun talking. Thanks for, thanks for sharing. I do want to just briefly, you know, that your course, you and Seth's vertical course that we've been working on for quite a while now. Yeah. It's been very close. Yeah. Very close. I mean, we were, you know, we were just texting today with Holly and then Meth Hedge super excited about the way they're helping us. They're, they're so awesome over there. Do you know Holly? It's Pete's daughter, Pete Allen's daughter, Holly. We met at a competition in Imperia of Brava 15 years ago. She probably oh, wow. wouldn't remember me. Um, okay. But uh, Pete, Pete Allen was on the same team with Thomas that I talked about a few minutes ago. Um, and then, uh, so it's Holly and who else is, the person that was talking to us? Cheney is Cheney. one. I mean, there's a lot of people at the edge, but Cheney's kind of our our main. She's, That's Cheney Couch? Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. know too many Cheneys. So we yeah. know Cheney very well. Um, and then he's, is he's, this is this company through Anna Mox? Exactly, yes. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, so Anna's been a friend for a super long time. Cheney's been a friend for a very long time. Um, 
Holly is probably the person I know the least. Um, yeah, I just got a message from Anna a few days ago um, that her and Mox are having a, a wedding celebration right around the time that we're going to be in Voss for the competition. So super excited. And then uh, do you know Mox? Do you know her husband? No. Well, he a few years ago, he got to be a helicopter pilot and they run tours. And I, <laughs> sadly, everyone else on my team is going to get to go mountain flying in Mox's helicopter. But I picked up a week of work back in sunny arizona so i'm gonna i'm gonna miss that mountain flying but anyway back to the course sand while they're flying. yeah literally gonna be pounding sand um yeah i'm really excited about the course and uh i'm i'm super stoked that uh that you guys found your way to to anna's company because because she's awesome and i i look forward to that being a, a really good partnership yeah yeah i'm, I'm excited that the content and everything that you got you and Steph put together and of course your own too. I mean she she had a huge hand in helping organize and get everything put together. It just turned out really good, man. Really good. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. I um, you know all that review like the the process of going through and watching the editing just um I mean to be honest like I forgot a lot of the stuff that we talked about and I was watching I'm like oh yeah we did talk about that that's awesome and it was just it just kept going with more and more free flying and I was like oh this is this is great this is great yeah awesome man thanks Jason it's really it's I mean these are so fun for me I don't know if anybody else is ever going to see any of these or not but it's it's good for me I'll tell you that some you know I go back and watch Joe Rogan's from five years ago and and they're out there so you know, this is going to, it's going to catch on as soon as people figure out that they can post their videos here and get free coaching. It's going to catch on for that. In my opinion, you just got to get, get that word out. Um, and then we're going to, I still feel like we're going to be kind of flooded with people who want, I mean, I, it's just been you and me for an hour, but um, I do feel like that's coming. So yeah, hopefully people will be able to go back and look at these and it's just fun to sit down and chat for a while. Yeah, it is. It's, it's good for me, man. It's, kind of like therapy yeah cool all right man well thanks so much um if if you're somebody else is watching this at some point i hope you enjoyed it i hope it was a benefit to you you learned something um and uh enjoyed hanging out with us listening and hopefully uh we'll just keep doing it keep sharing keep growing absolutely all right thanks jason thanks Have, Chris. Uh, great week man we'll talk soon you too buddy see ya